Hey everyone, and welcome to the weekly catch up podcast. It's episode 55 of our humble little show. It's Wednesday, November 4th, 2020. We know you know this day because it's the day after the election, during the election. My name is Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. That'd be me. What is going on? Oh, well, we have a lot to unpack today. <laughs> so much that we had to bring in outside help. <laughs> That's right. We have guest Michael Denny back in business. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 30 some odd episodes since we had something like young it. Michael on the show. So um, let's just let's just get into it. You ready? All right, man. Let's get it. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. Welcome back to the show, young Michael. What's happening? Hey guys, thanks for having me back. Of course. What what were you just saying about David the Psalmist's intro? Like the the background part uh, at the end. I guess the closing part. Like, uh, does it say salvation on there? Or if it does, I had no idea. You're talking about like the instrumental he used. Yeah, yeah, hmm. like the like the bum, bum, yeah. bum, bum. Dang, I wouldn't be surprised. I never heard salvation in there personally yeah but i think i also asked how the song went a couple episodes ago <laughs> yeah. so i was like how's it going again <laughs> i guess y'all don't hear it every week no no yeah uh yeah. no we don't even listen to the show every week right <laughs> sometimes yeah. i just don't at all i'll be listening for it uh this time around though yeah man it's been 30 some odd episodes we had the first time we had you on was so ratchet like we were all dual splittered into dual splitters yeah. and wretched audio so anxious to bring people your full Folgers voice this time yeah i mean we really like put it together at the last minute though so you know no no blame there but i can't believe it's been this many episodes i've i've listened to all of them and it's pretty crazy that it's been that many since i was on mama we made it yeah it, well we were even talking about it earlier well staff meeting and i just i don't think I don't think we had ex. I didn't have expectations for anything. Every week that we did it, I was like, "Oh man, this is crazy." Yeah. And I was telling Brad like something about me and professional relationships, <laughs> personal relationships, romantic relationships. The moment that it becomes a situation where it's like, "Oh, if we don't keep doing this, it's going to be a conversation." Yeah. Like I have to tell you why this is not happening anymore. Um. I get weird, man. Like I'm like a commitment <laughs> phobe or something. I just hit that one year with Brad and I'm like, oh snap. Like yeah. things are growing beyond like, oh, just, you know, us tinkering around. Yeah. And I expect, you know, if you ever do have to have that conversation with me, you don't do it through text. Don't break up with me through text. That's right. Snail mail. You good with, uh, you good with yeah. getting a Gmail, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Send a letter. I think, I don't know. I like to converse via email if I'm mad at somebody because mm -hmm. I can be like very well thought out, yeah. but that yeah. was back when I had time to be mad at people. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have that time anymore. No yeah. luxury. Best regards, Carson Gibbons. Yeah. Thanks in advance. <laughs> <laughs> per my last email. 
dude, you know the meme where they say, um, going to my send folder to read it from the client's perspective. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. Yeah. All the time. But even from a formatting perspective, you know, because like in Gmail, if you just use the native Gmail inbox, like it doesn't show you your links sometimes that you've pasted in there, like hyperlinked and how it looks with the real bullets and all of that. So I'll go and look at that stuff all the time. Yeah, that's a good practice. All right. We're <laughs> off to a hot start, boys. Gmail <laughs> inboxes. And I'm glad that we're all three here, though, because we've been together all week pretty much. Like, yeah. This is, um, we'll get into election stuff, I'm sure, but we also got our friend John married over the weekend and got to see both of you find gents on several occasions, which it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a good week. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's really cool to be a part of John's wedding and, uh, you know, just kind of see him, you know, up there getting married. I mean, honestly, he didn't seem nervous at all. So, uh, it's encouragement for, uh, when it's my turn next year well that's one take on it <laughs> you know I, I i was out in the audience i was looking looking upon you guys as the sun was setting during the um ceremony and you you that, all look lovely ceremony man it was no carson carson <laughs> well there you go guys we he made it uh four minutes into the episode yeah. how are we going to take care of that i, I can figure out how to yeah did, there's no way how, how i got you, it i'll take how, care of it how did you believe carson last time that was the one garage band episode dude yeah oh. just miraculously yeah. that's why i use it um, it's all good we'll figure it out sorry yeah you're fine maybe like an anchor overlay or something maybe I don't know. Well, so beautiful sorry. ceremony. <laughs> yeah, it was a yeah. it was a very emotional ceremony. Like, well, I was about to ask, like, uh, were you were you sweating or were those tears in your eyes? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, neither. Neither. Okay. Mm. Okay. It, I I was uh, I was tearing up because yeah. uh, you know these are like these are arguably um, I mean. Jake had his wedding and he got married like they got married by a a friend on the Trinity River Bridge and we went to dinner afterwards and then they had a a later reception and did all of that. Um, So he's the next closest adult friend that I would say has gotten married. Even then he and Liz found each other like in college type deal. So this is like my first this was my first real like white people meet the parents like 35 years old like you know formal we're getting married we're getting receptioned all in the same day all in one fell swoop like mm-hmm. you know and i've known john for 10 years now and you know john is just not the type that's going to go off and get married to anybody so i knew that this was a big deal and same for her mm-hmm. they're both gainfully employed like you know it's a good situation that they're entering into and um, to see their reactions. That was, that was the hard part about being the best man is my proximity to their faces during these emotional exchanges. Cause yeah. I'm looking Sarah right in the face as she's reading her vows. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> like I, I looked away at one point cause I was tearing up and then it was also like, well, pictures are never going to retell this story. Like you're witnessing a moment right now. Yeah. Like this is a real thing. Yeah, truly. But whenever, whenever her father walked her in and John went to greet him and turned around, he was, um, he was Mist- tearing up. Yeah, his eyes and were that's, misty. 
Yeah, of course. I feel like guys, when they see other guys cry, that's what makes them cry, you know? <laughs> that's my bro. <laughs> like, we don't cry at sad stuff. We just cry when our friends cry. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So that that's what got me personally. I kept looking around at you guys, and I didn't see a tear in the bunch. Not I mean, a not a big crier, but there were a lot of folks crying for sure. Oh, you weren't alone. We walked I in and Checkers was crying crying. <laughs> like twenty minutes before the ceremony started. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. I mean, th- I mean everyone was just so. The venue was great. Mm-hmm. It was just it kind of set the. Uh, you got to get up on that thing. I know, man. Uh, Straddle it. The, take take it off the holster. We can let's take a quick break. Let's do it. Okay, and we're back. What were you saying about the venue? Oh, we were just talking about people crying and and uh being emotional and it was it was kind of just the perfect situation for that the the venue very the venue and time of day very much lent itself to that emotional response for me because it was like 5 p.m you know the sun was going down uh there was that little babbling brook and the placement there was for those listeners that don't know what we're talking about our friend john got married this last weekend we talked about it last week um, if you listen to the show, you got a pretty good chance of knowing John <laughs> yeah. or knowing of John, but, um, it was a beautiful ceremony Friday evening, uh, out Brooks at Weatherford South of, I'm sorry, West of Fort Worth. And they have like a long drive. Like you come in like a three mile drive next to this lake that I'd never even seen out there. And you, you come into this like long parking lot and it's got this like beautiful chapel next to this little babbling brook and kind of a nice garden zen garden walkway up into the nice big venue both of these structures or venues uh have like removable flaps almost like some sort of detachable side so that they can make it like half indoor half outdoor it was just beautiful you know it just worked out that way yeah it felt like a disney movie it was gold it was golden right, hour it was golden hour right, out Brad. there people were taking selfies um man people were looking good love was in the air yeah and I thought that so the preacher man, preacher man had you believing in Jesus from five seventeen to five thirty two or so. Like, oh yeah, he was. I was like, this guy's good. All right, like, yeah, he was really on it for sure. I was like, man, it's a covenant. I didn't know. I was like, I'm, I'm more about the contract, baby. Like, give me something I can get out of. If both parties don't, you know what I mean? Like a covenant. Screw that. Like that's, that's a lot. You know, like I'm like through everything, like a covenant. Yeah, it really seemed uh, very permanent. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I haven't talked to Shelly about this, but I want I, I need bro, to get her take on that. Get you a contract. Don't sign no covenant now. <laughs> The, the preacher man is talking about how you can get out of contracts and all these different things. Like what you're signing up for is like, it's not just a commitment and all it's not just love or a partnership or a marriage. It's a covenant, like mm-hmm. through thick and thin through like, you know, w- brain injury through. That's kind of what marriage is. Yeah. yeah it's kind of the point it's of what it. you sign up for, baby. Yeah. It's yeah. not as, uh, not as disposable as, a lot of our society is made yeah, nowadays. But, but those games always scare me where it's like you both are with your girls. You love your girls. I love to play this game where it's like you get married and they get into a life altering car crash the next day. And they're like a paraplegic that you feed through a tube. So you don't venture outside of your faithful marriage for the next 60 years of your living life. Nah, Covenant, bro. No, you're saying no. Yeah, I'm saying no easily. Wait, what? Yeah, dude. Like, like you would leave that situation? No, I'm saying I would not leave. <laughs> oh. 
I, Come on, dude. Well, you said no. <laughs> like I, I, I heard that differently. <laughs> like nah. No, because you talked Pass. about venturing outside of it, and so I was like, no. See, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> like, and and what if I'm in a if I'm a quadriplegic, I got to tell her. I'm like, honey, you got to take care of yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I respect you gotta, that. You got to be a real man. <laughs> Let your wife get what she needs. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying. I respect in these hypothetical I, I respect games. You off, I, I respect you offering and like saying like, you know, you got to go do your own thing. Well, because I, I would do that, you know, if I was the one in the accident. Right. You know, it's like, but what if the these girls that say like, um, would you still love me if like I didn't have a face or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, you know, you know, yeah, that, that, that always scares me. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I, I'm the only one not in a relationship or getting married in this podcast today. So, what's your take, Michael? Yeah, I mean, statistically speaking, I'm more likely to uh, be the one without a face from a car accident than Shelly. <laughs> She's a pretty good driver. So, uh, but honestly, yeah, I mean, I I agree though. I I think that it it is a lifelong thing. I mean, to to your point, Carson, like I would definitely if it was me in that situation, I'd tell Shelly just yeah on live your life do your thing um but honestly i think i I think that uh you know we we both would take care of each other you know we we both would still be there for each other just i don't know like that's that's a really hard situation to think about but honestly i mean yeah i mean for for me marriage is forever um it's something that's you know one and done you know yes sir yeah i think that's you know the appropriate mantra and and all of that um, I don't know. I think I just relearned. I just learned like in the last couple of years, I feel like that, like in relationships, there are like, you have to shoulder whatever the other person does too. Like there's two people doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the variables created by anybody outside of myself at times have been more formidable than I could deal with, you know, in my head. I don't know. I think it's about finding, you know, that right person, you know, someone that, that you guys complement each other and, and you want to spend the rest of your lives together. You, you think of it as, uh, you know, the, your partner being a force multiplier in your life where force multiplier. Yeah. I mean, you, you basically are stronger together than, than you could be apart. And so, you know, thick or thin death do you part, you know, that's, uh, it's one of the, uh, main things about marriage is, is you found that person that you want to spend your life with. Heston always had this, uh, he shared this with me at Kerr Lake, like 12,000 foot elevation in Platoro, Colorado. And he said, I think he was just commenting on like, you know, every man's decision, you know, stick with, stick with the one that brought you or, you know, run around town. And he said that, everything that gives him like the most uh, sustaining long-term happiness and fulfillment are things that come from like compound interest, the compounding value situations. And he said that like a relationship with the same person is like a compounding value that accrues value over time. And it it just, you know, the, you see what I'm saying with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the older I've gotten, the more I've like referenced back to that. It's something that, you know, when you get a Heston nugget, you always kind of hold on to it tight because he's, he's not always, he, he's not as forthcoming with his feelings as I am, you know? <laughs> so it's maybe more monumental when he shares something like that. Yeah. He, I mean, 
you've obviously had more interactions, but it seems like a wise dude. I've taken some other types of advice from him, but uh, yeah, no, I definitely think that holds true. I like that. Absolutely. I mean, uh, traditionally, I've, I've definitely been more of like a relationship guy than like someone to go and be like a player or whatever. And and I, I've got to say, finding Shelly and, and being in a relationship with her, it, it really is kind of changed the way that I think about relationships it's it's just taking it to the next level and and I agree with Heston you know it's uh that compounding interest and mm -hmm. and life is way better together than it is just going alone yeah and it's also like knowing that you're going to experience hardships like that doesn't mean just because you found the one it's all going to be easy and that you know you're always going to be on the same page or anything like that but it's about making that commitment and like if if Courtney were ever in trouble you know or she was going through something, even though that would be a diff difficult circumstance that, you know, I'd feel like I'm a part of and we're going to make it out like it's never a burden. Like, so it's something difficult, but I, I never view it as like, oh, man, like I got to do this because she's in it, you know. And I think it's about finding a person who you feel that way towards. It's like we're going to get through this together. Yeah, it sucks. Um, and it's not always going to be good, but we're always going to make that decision to pull through together. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it sucks that you're going through this, but I'm glad that I can be here to help you through it. Yeah. All right, I'm going to remind you both of that on day 382 of the feeding tube. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I, it sounds like we're doing a relationship podcast. All right, guys, let's go to the phones. Yeah, how are you guys feeling today? How's, how's your feelsies? Yeah, it was that kind of week, man. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> all crying at this wedding. And anyway, let, let's let's like, bring that wedding more justice than just us crying in the chapel we ended up taking photos going out beautiful reception hall probably just shy of 100 people out there like probably 50 60 of like our best extended old friends like people i hadn't seen since primo's days or ashlyn and terp coming up from austin i'm pretty sure the last time i saw them was like an after hours called <laughs> eden or something like you know it was just that trip down memory lane and getting for me, and this is kind of, this goes back to your relationship in some ways, Michael, because um, all of this is very incestuous for me at this point, because I've known John and Shelly and at times almost been like an honorary sibling over the last decade. So to watch him get married is like a very proximate adult friend of mine. So that's why it was very emotional. But then I'm also looking at the reactions of people like Shelly, who has also been like a best friend to me for so long. And you're getting into the family photos and I'm introducing my parents to all my old friends while they're sitting next to Brad and his woman yeah. for the first time. It's like, whoa, like so many of my loved ones were close and I love that, you know, weddings are the best excuse to like get together anymore. Like nobody is ever together like they used to be in your 20s. You know what I mean? It's either wedding or funerals, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I like this week's Brad a little dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, th yeah. Back to being able to sit with your parents for, you know, we sat with them for the ceremony and then um, throughout the reception and uh, Courtney and I hit the dance floor with them. And that, that was a lot of fun, man. I'm really glad that Courtney got to meet them. And uh, that was really important for me because, you know, they're like, I mean, they are parent figures to me. Um, I've known them for many years, love them to death. And uh, so that was, also, uh, truly very special to me. I'm glad. I couldn't believe that that was the first time that they'd 
met Courtney. Yeah, um, last year I, we we got invited for your uh, Thanksgiving, but we typically or I typically spend Thanksgiving with my mom. Um, it's like an unspoken rule that we have. So I, I try to make it to your place uh, either before or after, depending on um, when yours is. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't work out last year, but maybe this time around, if y'all are doing anything. I mean, I know because I don't know if it's happening. I, I told my mom the other day, I was like, somebody told me that it's expected, but that's like two weeks away or something. Isn't that crazy? Is there something going wild. on this year that <laughs> might get in the way of that? Uh, coronavirus? Hmm. Potentially. It doesn't ring a bell, but we can, we can get back to that one. It it wouldn't get in the way. I mean, I was at a wedding with 100 people on Friday night, you know, and mm -hmm. then went to the after party and... I don't care. Like I'll, I'll wear a mask where needed, but honestly, like I had to have already had it because statistically, how is no one there? Like I hugged and kissed babies and shook hands and danced briefly uh, loaded. Like my, the transmission rate in that hall, like if anybody had it, I would have gotten it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was a full experience. Like it was a full, full thing, full blown wedding, full blown you know, weekend, full blown. Yeah. That's a good point. Full blown weekend. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So with that, people that's... intermingling, coming in and out, it was like a musical chair set of like different social interactions for those of us, especially that were in the the bridal party. Um, is it the bridal party for both sides? I should know that, but I don't. The bride, don't the, the bride and groom party. I feel like it might be the bridal party for the guys too. I think it is. I think I, it is. I think that's easiest. But we were there at like eleven thirty that morning, and we'd gone to the rehearsal dinner with even more people the night prior at a totally different venue. So, mm -hmm. you know, you know, get that COVID stuff out of here. I mean, COVID is striking because I just spent my first week back at a hundred percent. Dude, uh, that's right. Said, yeah. Well, what is that about? So he on texted me today and he goes, uh, yeah, I'm getting out at two fifteen, first first week of remote learning. And I was like, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. I've been saving that bit, but, um, on Thursday, you have been saving this. <laughs> yeah. On Thursday, we had three cases from freshmen that went like on a freshman trip and they came back and they tested positive. And so we were just initially going to have only the freshmen uh, stay home. But then some of our volleyball girls got it, some of the basketball team. And uh, we end up, we, I think we're at like a. You're like 50% infection? No, no, not 50%. Like, but we do have probably about 11 kids. I mean, um, that's like, what, 10% of the school, 8% of the I school? I mean, if we're at like 140, okay, maybe you not, do the math, I don't know. Um, well, cool. Yeah, so distance ed, baby. Having to, I was supposed to give like two tests this week, and those kids were going to try to cheat online. I just know it, so I had to switch around and assign an essay instead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> they they were really disappointed. Is, is that teacher code for like, oh, this doesn't matter anymore. It's an essay format. Like, is that well, no, they're they're just more responsible. Like, because it's much easier to check for plagiarism than it is to check and see if they got on Quizlet for a multiple choice question. Are you ever bugged out? Like, Michael's listened to like every episode of the show, um, even the ones that he's not on. Mm -hmm. And are you ever bugged out at the level of patience that this guy has for these twerps? It's it's incredible. Okay, I mean, thank you. I'm I glad mean, to get like a reality check on this. There have been plenty of times where I'm driving or listening to the podcast, and I'm just like, well, more patience than I've got. 
couldn't do it. Yeah. You're like, that student would be yeah. dead right now. <laughs> yeah. I'd be in jail or, you know, for murder or something like that. It, I, I, I mean, just the, the <laughs> level of shenanigans that you guys, it's teacher folk put it's, up with is yeah, incredible. You know, it, it's, it takes a different type of patience. I think we all deal with different things in our prospective jobs that, that we have to deal with. Um, and mine just so happens to be with trying to keep 30 adolescents uh, on task at a time. That sounds like hell to me. So <laughs> good on you for, for being able to do that and having that gift. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. So this week has uh, really been just, hey, turn your camera back on, leave it on. And um, this is do it. That, you know, you still Eight have to show minutes. up on time. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got to get out of bed, <laughs> um, different things like that. So um not happy about it is it a two-week mandatory yeah so made it halfway through the first one um we have all (laughs) (laughs) always glass half full with this guy (laughs) we did it we're halfway through the first one of these yeah bro um yeah and then whenever they get back like we already read to kill a mockingbird i'm just gonna throw on the movie and we already did welcome back (laughs) oh man yeah man i just need just shave off a little bit of that that you got for me. Put it in me. <laughs> Don't put it in me. But I'll put it in me. I, slow down there. I'm just saying like that positivity, man. Like, yeah. It's unreal. Well, you, you got to do it. Like, because there have been times where I don't do that. And th- this also goes back, you know, because I was talking about the uh, therapy sessions that I would do. And so like I, I've been using some of that uh, for what's been going on lately, especially you know, with all the politics going on, with the COVID going on, me being back at distance ed, just juggling a lot. Um, yeah, I've been I've been doing some of that, working I, on myself. I never brought that back up because you hadn't volunteered it. Um, but can we can we circle back on that therapy stuff? Uh, sure. So you you reported that you were going into your first session. And yeah, I yeah. Feel yeah. Like maybe maybe we said, hey, good first session mm-hmm. the next week. Yeah, I did it for two months. Um, really? So you went past the four Oh, session. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, I'm considering, you know, just to, just because it's nice to be able to talk to somebody who's like not in my life and <laughs> I can, I can vent and rant and there, you know, there's no, nobody feels the type of way and I can still get like advice on it. And sometimes it's just good to vent, um, but get like professional advice. Um it's pretty sweet. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm considering on going back like after new year's just for a check-in and maybe a couple sessions just because I found it beneficial. Did you come away with more diffused bombs or courses of next action? Like uh, both. both. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily want to get into like yeah, all the yeah. stuff that I talked about. I mean, keep it high level. Um, but I will say f- I'll share this for me and the type of personality that I have. Um, I tend to carry a lot of like my friends and my significant, you know, my significant other and family members, like all of their stresses and problems. I, I typically am a problem solver and I try to be there for them and at least be the shoulder to lean on and all of that. And it accumulates and builds up and I, like i have to help them out oh and also you know with my students and everything because i'm involved in their lives and um you know they share their home life with me and and stuff that's going on there and sometimes it's like just really heavy stuff and i'm the type that wants to be a helper and be the emotional support for so many different people um that i end up not always 
taking the best care of myself and worrying about like where I'm at. Um, and so through those conversations, I definitely recognize that. I mean, that was really apparent and really helpful just to understand that about myself and then gathering tools to help in that situation. Yeah, that's great. I, I wonder if that's kind of a common characteristic with teachers because you're nurturing, you're giving to all of these students, you're involved in their lives. You do take on their problems. It's part of the job. And I wonder if there are, if there is a higher case of, you know, need for that with, with teachers. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Never, never thought of that. Teachers, um, circle of orbit with their network. Like some teachers might complain like, Oh, you got to deal with 30 adults today. I had to deal with 30 kids, but those 30 adults, like you're seeing the remnants of their social life bleed into their professional life, but it's never more pronounced than at the, the child level. Like you're in 30 homes, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, about their nutrition, who has the good home life, who's going through problems. Like I've sat yeah. at dinner with Brad and just watched them get inundated with like calls and text messages from all sorts of different students. And it's like overwhelming. It's like, and you know, especially when you're the teacher on the moral high ground of like being a Christian school teacher and all of that, like, dude, it's a lot you, of pressure. You picked the hardest, like most, uh, the plateau, like it's the most amount of, uh, life shepherding that you committed to, you know? Yeah. It's like trying to be a good example, but like, I also want to crack jokes on my podcast, you know, like, but I have students list, like, I don't, it's just a, it's a juggling act that if I don't keep it in check and then if I dwell on all the negative and stuff like that, then I just, I just get down. And so, um, I'm not saying, yeah, life is great. Let's always be chipper. Um, E for effort. Everybody gets a trophy type thing, but I, I generally, even for just my own self, I want to try to look at the best outlooks possible so I don't find myself down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that makes total sense. You know, I, I think that it's about getting those tools. It's not necessarily about, you know, putting on that facade of, like you said, everything is great. It's really about getting the tools you need mm -hmm. to live the healthiest life that you possibly can. Yeah. And then it really does make me more effective for being there for people, which is a passion of mine. Like I want to be there. It's not that I don't. Um, yeah. So. Was there practical advice for how to lay your burdens down or what to do with all of the support that you're carrying around for others and the worries? Like, was there a, a compartmentalization or? Um, so the biggest thing is like, looking at it uh kind of kind of trying to turn your emotions off for a second look at all the problems you're facing and can they be solved is it just a crappy situation that they're in um you know something happened uh or is it something that can be resolved and if so do i have the power of being a friend or a family member or a teacher um is it in my power to make the situation better if not, then I can be there and, uh, you know, be a shoulder and, and listen to what's going on. But I shouldn't burden myself with trying to fix the situation because it, that's out of my control. And sometimes people have to take situations into their own hands and they have to be the ones to fix the problem. Um, sometimes the problem can't be fixed and they time, time has to heal wounds and people have to move on or, you know, different situations. But 
it's really just trying to be objective about everything and, um, you know, kind of making a list of like, what can I fix? And if not, then be there, be a good support, but don't stress out about it because there's really nothing you can do anyway. And that's great advice. <laughs> it's really great advice. Yeah. Thought so. Did you stick with the same uh, therapist? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So first, same dude. first hit, like first meeting was a hit and it yep. um, progressed. Yeah, man, this guy was cool. He's like a, a he's a veteran and he began working with um, people who suffer from like PTSD and then moved to um, working with like uh, kids who had, you know, family members that struggle with that too. And then, you know, he just kind of um, went and broadened uh, his scope. Um, and so, yeah, he, he, I mean, he provided a lot of cool information. Uh, I feel like I was an easy, I feel like I was an easier case for him. Cause you know, I'm not like bomb, like get down or anything like that. Um, I'd be like, my week was my Mosul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Probably going to regret that one, but <laughs> that was, that was, is funny. he, how old is he? Uh, he's in his forties. Okay. I got to get a second opinion. I've only been to two therapists in my whole life and it's been a long while. Yeah. This is back in the good old analog days where you'd like go not lay down on the couch, but they each had their different sitting situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that that would still be, I don't know. I, I haven't tried the virtual and it was cool because I like, want to try it now. Yeah. I mean, it, because sometimes it's like the commute of having to drive it, but it was yeah. very convenient, very convenient. The commute is what, especially during business hours, like it used to be, you know, like that was the hard part. Yeah. Um, I probably haven't gone to a therapist since 2012 or 13. So, um, yeah. you know, your boys do. Right. Um, uh, for me, one, uh, I just want to reiterate, like you do not have to be suicidal or like crazy depressed in order to, <laughs> to get help. Like whenever I say like I get down, I never have those feelings, even though there's no shame in feeling that like, if you do, it's okay. You're not the only one and you can go get help and people are there for you. But even if, you know, you're just feeling down, uh, if, if you want to have better tools and um, just some sound advice on how to get out of situations from somebody who has no ulterior motive other than to help you, um, I, I just found it really positive. And so, you know, uh, again, just like we talked about the first time that I brought that up on the podcast is like, I want to broaden people's ideas and thoughts of like what therapy is and, um, the type of situations that you might be in, in order to need it or, um, yeah, I don't know, but we're following. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just another way of sharpening the saw, you know, I mean, your, your mind is a machine that's constantly on whether you're awake or asleep. And it's constantly processing information, compiling, storing information, thinking about things. And, you know, it, it can get backed up and get like your, your phone has too many apps on it and you need to clear out some space. Like I'll, I'll share some therapy stories with y'all if you want, but like I've actually done it a few times. I've had several therapists and, uh, you know, not necessarily cause I was, down every time there have been times where i've i was you know kind of in a, in a bad place and it was very helpful but there there have been plenty of times like a couple years ago i went for weekly for nine months and uh just to 
kind of just be a better version of me, like just to kind of focus on getting better performance out of myself. I mean, the way I look at it is like, if you have a past, if you have a history, doesn't matter what it is, if you have parents, you probably would benefit from therapy. <laughs> it just helps you understand, not necessarily how to fix things, but it helps you understand how your mind processes reality. And just by understanding that, it gives you the skill set to shape your reality, to make changes, to be conscious of, oh, well, I, I do this because of X, Y, and Z. And now, mm -hmm. I, if I don't want to do that anymore, at least I'm, I'm conscious when that happens. And, you know, to... I'm, I'm Carson's vote. I, I'm overdue, probably. Um, it, would, it would make sense to go back. But, um, you know, it, it's cool that you found a, found a therapist on the first go. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd say to anyone that's listening that hasn't tried therapy is don't go in, have a bad experience, and quit. <laughs> you got to shop. Like, not every mechanic is the best. Not every CPA is the best. Not every anything is the best. It's a profession, and there are different skill levels of people. So it's just really a matter of finding someone who has the education and skills to help you, but also to, you know, really, you know, I, I don't know, vibe with your, your personality. You have to have right. a, it's a got good a relationship. Like an agency could do great work for one client and not so great work in another client's mind. So you can, it's not to say that they're not educated for your level or whatever, but you know, if you don't feel open enough to share anything of substance with them based off of whatever, you know, then maybe it's not the best working relationship. It is a working relationship. There is an ulterior motive and that is money. Like that's mm -hmm. their livelihood, but they are compelled to drive the highest level of service. And, um, I don't know. It, it's one of the few industries where like reap, repeat business it's it's a weird thing where like pharma wants to get you on repeat business and get you prescribed to a bunch of different stuff and oh now i'm taking this so i got to take this to come down off of the first thing or whatever um you know just purdue right. model 101 and therapy is the same way but patients like lovingly and willingly go back and say like i'm getting better and better and better <laughs> like it's it's like this opposite effect it's weird hmm. yeah yeah i mean you're never out of problems never you're never out of thoughts so i mean that's the that's and their you've ocean never, they you've live never been this and... age you've never like dealt with today's exact issues and your mm -hmm. parents haven't either like i'll never forget the moment of like telling my parents especially in matters when it came to like my love life or whatever i was like oh wow growing up i look to you to set an example and to emulate myself after like this is what i can expect to a certain extent and I'll never forget the moment when it was like, I'm in uncharted territories. Like you're no longer the person that I would solicit for advice in this exact scenario. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, even like dating's different. Plus, like, you know, certain certain parents that they, they got together younger than than you. Like moment in history. Like you've never been this age right. at this time. Yeah. You know, like things like applications, you know, have totally changed the way that we interact as, you know, the the two main genders. Mm -hmm of record you know yep yeah and i mean i bet this year has been big for therapists and and will probably continue to be so i mean like you said in this moment for in time sure. there's covid we're sitting here the day after the election and there's not been a, a clear answer of, of who's won like we have like so many things going on this year in particular 
And I, I think that's going to shape our society and keep, keep moving people towards needing help. Um, and, and it's not going to change. Two points. I almost hit you guys up last night. I was like, let's do a live election coverage episode. But <laughs> the beauty is we got to do it on schedule and it's still a live election coverage episode. Yeah, we're, we're still in this thing. We don't have a president. Um, Potentially we'll get to got that. some. Oh, okay. Going back to uh, what you were just saying, which was about therapy and, and the need for it in, in this day and age. Oh, about COVID and this this moment in time. That's the stuff. It is a generational it's a generation shaping event. It's like a world war two. Absolutely. There will be like this generation will forever be impacted in different ways. Like when you were, if you were 20 and you were just trying to like get to the next year of college, for instance, and half the class didn't come back. Cause why would they, you know, rice university isn't the same online or whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. you know, you have a different generational impact than the 30 year olds trying to, you know, the people that have joined new companies and have never even met their colleagues in real life. I think we have one of those here. Yeah. Yeah. We don't go back till June of next year. You guys used to be in the minority. Michael just joined the new company. Did yes. I? Did you know that? I knew that. Okay. The audience did not. Yeah. You I think can, you brought it up maybe, on the podcast. Maybe they I, did. I, did, yeah. I did announce it. I did announce okay, it. Okay. Um, we, and we can get into that later. Yeah, but, I like this train of thought that we're on right now. <laughs> so the... um. You used to be in the minority when you met people in April, May that had never met their peers. I remember thinking like, oh, wow, like how weird for you. Like what happened with your other job? Like it was just kind of a weird thing. Now there is seven months worth, eight months worth of employee shifts. You know, people that have gotten furloughed, like your roommate has a whole new position in life, you know, at this point in COVID than he did starting now. So do you. Yeah. I mean, completely different. We're moving like it's, I mean, this year has been transformational in so many different ways. Um, and, and to your point, like this is going to be something that's written about in history books and people will learn about how the turn of the decade into the 2020s was this. And I mean, it, it really will be it almost like you said, a generation defining event. Welcome to the, what did we say? Welcome to the roaring twenties. <laughs> You never right. said that. Oh my goodness. Yo, this is this is crazy. So should we talk about the election or no? <laughs> Hit it. What is going on? Um I'm Trump, looking at two fifty three to two thirty this is CNN, so I'm on we're, we're I'm about on a day behind. I'm on Google with two sixty four to two fourteen. Two sixty four Biden. Yeah, so if he it's gets over. if he gets Nevada, it's over. Why does it say Fox and Friends? Okay. Yeah, it's been super interesting, like flipping through different coverage mm -hmm. and how none of the numbers are even close half the time. I mean, right. it, like last night, um, I watched pretty late into the night, um, flipping between other programs and the news. Um, and it, it's crazy how how different the coverage is, depending on what you're watching, how different the numbers are, how different everything about this election has been. I just remember from 2016 that Chris Wallace on Fox News had been like the first one to say, uh, guys, I think that this could be President Donald J. Trump. Like he was the first one and mm -hmm. I'll never forget that. And it was a solid, I'm going to say maybe more than an hour, maybe more than two hours prior to CNN. Like they're just, they report the Fox 
the Fox decision desk, and I want to see if you saw this last night, whenever they called it for Biden in Arizona, Brett Baer and uh, what's her face? Uh, M- M- I don't know Martha her name, McCallum, but yeah. Uh, they were like grilling the guy that I was telling you about earlier, Brad. Right. The, uh, the statistician. Yeah. That's one of the things I, I was holding back on talking about before. Well, let's get into it. That poor guy. <laughs> he was taking a reaming. <laughs> one, he was on top of things. Like, he really was knowledgeable about all of the reasons. But, yeah. The, he the, was pained to be there. <laughs> the, the anchors were just grilling him. And why why are you calling it this way? Yeah. I mean, it was like it like high school jocks picking on the nerds yeah. type level. They were of, like, why, can, why can't you do Arizona, but you can do North Carolina or – Something like that. And then he's all talking like T scores or whatever. I don't even know what it's called. Like all the statistics. And they're like, and they're like English man. It was, it was, uh, it was really interesting to see that. Well, they, I think they were getting called out in real time, maybe by other networks and certainly on their personal devices. I think they were getting blown up and you know, every other network was saying too close to call or something. Mm -hmm. Um, it's fascinating to watch them speaking of stats and all that, like, boil it all down to just a geo stats game. Like because we know that 422,000 votes were cast for Hillary Clinton and 16 in this particular County, this is what we can count on. And like you really start banking your credits in terms of voter populace. And it's just wild to watch how it, it really just, it boils down to a couple key markets, you know? It's like Vegas gambling odds. Yeah. Like it's like odds mm-hmm. makers. They're, all right, well, these districts. And people you, are gambling on oh, this, absolutely. by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Fox, yeah. Fox was reporting on the betting lines changing because mm-hmm. uh, they had reported on it in 16 whenever like it had shifted in Trump's favor or he'd gained ground. Yeah. And Britt Hume said that last night on Fox News. Say what you will about Fox News. They're, all of these people are set up to do different things. Like if you want national hurricane coverage or like crazy devastation in Puerto Rico coverage, CNN is your guy. Mm -hmm. If you want like election night coverage, Fox news is going to be a solid two hours ahead of the pack. Yeah. I feel like they, they may have people that are better at math than CNN (laughs) because it really was like, here's what we think it's going to be. Here's the reason why like they, I I don't know if it's whether they give their audience more credit Mm -hmm. for being able to understand these complex topics, but I, I felt like the explanations were a lot more, I guess, white collar, like higher level, you know, like intensive. You're, you're, Whereas like CNN was just like, oh, what is it? Let's zoom into this county. Let's do this. And like, I, I don't have, I, you know, I think they're both propaganda networks, but, um, you know, the, the, the Fox News team, as far as like the back office goes, was doing a great job last night. But I mean, CNN is definitely more visually appealing to watch. I mean, early in early in the evening, I don't. I was flipping between both of them. CNN was having uh, had all these different, I guess, like touchscreen TVs on, and they were going through like the different counties. The magic wall, bro. John King. Fox had Best like the B year. team. Well, so Bill Hemmer is their John King, and I love Bill Hemmer. He's like their new. He's he's their new Shep Smith. He's like another straight line journalist. Like he's gonna follow in Brett Bear's footsteps and not because. Fox News, we need to all agree on this, at least on this podcast, not the listeners per se, but Fox News has mainline, you know, middle of the road journalists that do a great job, like a Chris Wallace. Right. And then they have their opinion entertainment hours, like Hannity, yeah. Ingram, all those people. Uh, Tucker Carlson 
is like a parody hour almost and does he, he does like a mind trick on on the audience and people that take him kind of verbatim are kind of um missing the point i think he's like real colbert almost like the character that colbert used to play the ironic mm-hmm. like parody mm-hmm. character that's tucker carlson on mainstream but i digress you touched on something uh they speak to the audience as though they have more they give the audience more credit um that's how i feel about the right and the rights propaganda network fox news is that they talk to you contextualized you know cnn doesn't contextualize anything they're like trump tweeted this and then nobody had anything bad happen like and yeah. then you found five dollars like <laughs> what's the point fox news will report that he said that amidst all of these other different things like it's not reactionary alarmist as much um at least reporting on this administration i know on a you know obama the fact that he wore a tan suit was news of the day so this is probably just this moment in time yeah there definitely was a a difference in tone um kind of piggybacking off something you just said the uh the the cnn coverage was very much like oh well you know it's really looking like all these states are going red but it's not over yet, guys. It was very encouraging if you're a Biden voter. That's so you know, true. Conversely, like yeah. Fox News was very much like, we did it. Look <laughs> at this. We're calling this. Um, and I guess the only like real controversial call they made was Arizona, mm-hmm. um, which he, uh, he's held. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true, but it's it's uh, it was very interesting that they started announcing that before the polls had fully closed in Arizona. Like they were really leaning towards projections of that that closing a certain way. So, I they got in trouble for that with the last election. Like they promised the uh, election authority, I forget what they're called, that election they, commission. Yeah, they wouldn't do that again. Um, Fox so, News in particular. Yeah, yeah, because they got slapped for doing that. Because they they'll go on because maybe they have better math. Maybe they just want to get there first. I mean, of course they do, but they were really early jumping the gun um last election and so i think they're they were a little more reserved this time but they still were were making calls yeah and i know trump has called for a recount at least in wisconsin oh um, there there's multiple that's a whole other conversational tangent because the number of lawsuits that have been activated today you know in the wee hours of the morning um, I'm not even up to speed on all of them. Mm-hmm. He's, I, I saw four in Pennsylvania alone. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a whole separate conversation. Um, you know, we can, we're looking at the screen right now and there's what three state, is it just Georgia, North Carolina and Pennsylvania that. Uh, and if you want to count Alaska, oh, they're, they're doing their what ifs still Alaska is going to come through red. Right. That was the other thing about CNN's coverage that was confusing is they were doing so many what ifs yeah. for such extended periods mm-hmm. of time. I mean, I look at graphs and data all day long and it was confusing to me. I mean, it, it, I was like, is this actually what's happened or is this just speculation? They're like, if you turn this They're state blue and then this one goes. Yeah, I mean, they, it was it was obvious that they were they were all, all the networks were killing time. You know, because he's flipping in between stuff and he's like, all right, we're at 3% reporting. So he's 1,500 votes ahead. And it's like, this is not of any significance. Like, call us when this is over. And uh, it's coming better than I thought it would. Like, Mm -hmm. the fact that we're down to, there's going to be three or four conflict states, probably, where people are going to get sued. But 
it seemed like the early indications were that we might have a president by Friday even. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask was what do you think the timeline is? I, I, was I don't know. My guess would have would be Friday, but I didn't know if you guys thought like if it would take longer. I'm going to go like way over and say um, like I'll just be really safe and say like January. We'll know. Like <laughs> that's seriously. That's fair. I Because I, I don't know what to expect here. I'm through making predictions on this podcast. But <laughs> what was your last one? COVID's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dude, that's how fault. long this scourge of COVID is because that feels like forever ago oh, that you were on. Yeah, this. I mean, I wasn't saying it wasn't like a <laughs> thing. But, you know, that's like, hilarious. No, but like to back back to the election because it's a lot more relevant at this point. But it's so good that we don't clip this show. Like, we, why is this discredited guest right. back on? <laughs> Yeah, whatever. I mean, it. I, I was sound in my logic, but I probably should have been a little. Two hundred thousand deaths later, Michael Denny's back on. <laughs> that was back when we had like ten deaths. <laughs> That's crazy. But as far as like calling it, um, it. I think it. I think it will depend on which states are are contested and how close they are, because some states have um, mail-in ballot deadline counting deadlines. Mm -hmm. Next Friday is the latest one. So I, I think I it was this Friday. There's one on Friday. There's one on next uh, Monday. There's yeah. one next Wednesday. And there's one next Friday. I, the states get to determine their own election counting procedures. Like there's there's no standard nationwide, even though it's a national election, there's no standard protocol for when should things be counted? How should they be counted? It's very much run by state elections. Do you catch this John Ossoff guy? He ran for Georgia Senate. Mm -mm. He was the guy that ran for Georgia governor for he ran in a big, high profile, very well funded election. They thought he was going to be the next like white Barack or something. And he just keeps losing because he ran Ouch. for something else in Georgia and got defeated. Uh, he lost to was it Roy Moore or no, that was Alabama. I couldn't tell you. I know. I know Mitch McConnell's back. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> that old turtle. <laughs> That dude, Trump Jr. posted uh, this meme of him like, uh, I'm just busy hustling, um, slinging cocaine in Supreme Court justices, and I'm straight up out of cocaine. <laughs> like, and there was, it was very Narcos-inspired, uh, it felt like, but yeah. that dude's a straight thug. Yeah. Like, say what you will, Mitch McConnell is one of the most conniving, powerful, straight thug people in this country, in this well, world. Yeah, him, Pelosi. Like, you don't stay in politics that long without having a few bodies buried somewhere. And what a role. I mean, to whip everybody else, to be the leader of one mm -hmm. of those houses of... Con like, dude, the amount of, like, deals that you must have, like, the amount of leverage to get everybody to fall in line, you know, because that's all... You're whipping votes. You're controlling, like, he controls this country. Mitch McConnell does. <laughs> He wouldn't look like it. He's unsuspecting. You know? He's gotten three Supreme Court justices through in this term and held off on one of those vacancies with Merrick Garland. Like, I mean, if you are solidly with the right and you feel like that's the moral imperative and the high ground, you think Mitch McConnell hung the sun, moon and stars like you have to. Like one of the most single effective mercenaries for the Republican Party for the last generation. Can't wait to see them all go. Mitch is back. I know. The Republicans held the Senate. I don't think that the Democrat, they needed like a 
net positive four or something like that. Um, I saw that Joni Ernst got picked back up in Iowa, even though she didn't know the in Iowa, they're so weird. Like you have to know the current price of like a pound of soybeans. It's like <laughs> very imperative to running their state. You got to know your potatoes. And uh, she didn't know it. And it was like a big gaffe. Dang. Have you ever, have you looked up rising Mm-mm. based off our recommendations at all? No, I haven't. Okay. Just checking. I have to, have to look into that. My dad hit me up the other day and he was like, I searched for rising and Apple podcast and I couldn't find, I was like, dude, YouTube, uh, Sagar and Jetty, the main Mm-hmm. ringleader of the hill and that show he has a podcast on the side and he's been going on flagrant too too have we turned you on to that at all no i, I mean <laughs> there, there's so much content out there right now that it's uh it's hard to to keep up with everything what are I you mean, on what are you on right now well obviously the weekly catch up with carson and brad there it is yeah you're yeah. yeah. to talk about the week we didn't have <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I listen to some Rogan episodes if the guests are interesting or, uh, you know, topics that I'm I'm interested in. Can't believe y'all hated on the Kanye episode, though. That was that was interesting to me. I, I thought for sure you guys would like it. I didn't learn much from him. I, I said that it turned around for me at the hour and a half mark yeah. a little bit, hour 15. Uh, it was not my favorite podcast ever. Like it, it was it was. I felt like it was doing my brain harm in terms of scrambling it at times because like the bouncing ball. But to get to bear witness, yeah, like mad appreciation. Yeah, I mean, I just think culturally he's so relevant in, in pop culture and, you know, in terms of like music, fashion, you know, he's always on the news. He's married to a Kardashian. Like th- these are like he's just so high profile that just kind of hearing in long form, his thoughts. Um, I, I found it very interesting. I mean, yeah, the beginning was very rough, I think, but um, you know, as he got further on, I think that one one of the takeaways that I had with that one was that I think his I think his intentions are in the right place. Like, I, sure. I think that I think that he truly, you know, I, I talked to Shelley about this. I think that he might be sticking with this Jesus thing after all. I, I think I think he's fully convinced and, and convicted of, of this. And I think that it's it's shaping the way that he lives his life. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of that like what you talk about, Brad, the lead by your example, not necessarily by your words. Right. And I will say the one thing that I did kind of turn on like that changed my perspective on it was whenever he was talking about the Sunday service. I do have a better appreciation for that now. Um, for me, like, I mean, I, he was the first rap CD I ever bought. Like I have, I've studied this guy since middle school. And so like, I kind of already know all of his thought process. So that's, that's the only thing that I got is that he had all of these great ideas, but he didn't necessarily talk about like current world issues and how he wanted to fix those or like what he would do differently from other politicians. Like, I, I think he has a bunch of great ideas, but it's like, how do we get from point A to point Z? Um, he's not that guy. He illustrated no. that he's his differentiation is because my character and my North Star, being Jesus and being empathetic and thinking about things like deconstructing them, that's where he would start. And the the one thing that the one thing that was brilliant in his defense, as he was defending his own level of information on this stuff, he said, mm-hmm. "Keep in mind, I'm a civilian. I haven't been briefed, so." I don't know what I'm talking about with this. And that was, I was like, wow, this is something I would vote for that. Like that level of self-awareness was very 
it was a strange thing to throw into the mix of everything else going on in that interview. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where it became a little more convincing. I didn't vote for Kanye. Just let's, <laughs> I'm going to put that out there. And I don't think of him as a serious political candidate, but I do think that that's what, that's where I was thinking the intentions are, are in the right place where he was talking about, yeah, these are my morals. This is the type of person I am. I'm going to let that guide me. I'm Kanye West. I can get anyone in the room together, you know, because he is Kanye West. Like that's what he does. And so not that he, he'd be effective running the country because I, I don't believe that. Yeah. But um, it is kind of an interesting, like almost like a uh, kind of a, a hangover from from the whole Trump thing of, of he's a celebrity. He can get people together. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, anyone that can do that thinks yeah. they can run the country. Yeah. For me, it's also like, you know, whenever he's asked, why are you running for president? He's like, God gave me a vision while I was in the shower. It's like. If he truly believes that, then no doubt he's going to go do that. But that's not enough for everybody else to get hooked. Even if he 100% believes that, it's going to be a lot harder to gain followers just off of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was not a, a compelling campaign <clears throat> yeah. uh, speech, Go, but it was going super back interesting. To your Jesus stuff. Uh, is this like a, did he relapse and then come back to Jesus again? Because I thought he got Jesus and then he made, you're he, such a. He made Jesus walks. Then he made the. Well, that was way back in the day, but he made something. Oh. And then he made like that song with Lil Pump that is just. That that was already in the tuck before. In the tuck. Yeah. Like that song you? was already created. In and the then tuck. Lil Pump. Is that something that they're saying now? That's probably like old actually. Okay. older you got to tell us dude yeah, yeah, yeah. you talk to the youth yeah but uh, in the tuck yeah that song was already created he had his whole jesus thing going on and then Lil pump came out they did the do the music video together but uh that's kind of just like an offshoot if you there are other songs that have been released since um he, he's you know done the sunday service type stuff um without i'm just saying if you go watch that video i'm like that's not christian <laughs> right <laughs> that's not christ-like yeah but I mean, he even talks like at his concerts, he, he doesn't really want to do um, his old songs anymore, or at least he'll take out the explicit words and different things like that. Um, it's just, I, I feel like this is with any musical art or art, artist, like especially with rappers, they're going to have verses out there that get passed around. And it's like, okay, well, this gets approved to be put on this song. So he's going to have verses that are still out there somewhere that might come out. It's not like he's recording them now. It's one of the and worst. If, yeah. It's one of the worst professions for getting uh, married to your work, your first work product. Like, you know, none of your spreadsheets that you did in your twenties or any of the work product that you put out. Like, people aren't screaming on stage like, "Play that one." You're like, "Oh, I progressed as a person and a Speak professional." Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're like my model. See my spreadsheets. <laughs> I, I've seen some of them, and they're I don't even know how you do it. No, like, but I, I I agree. But yeah, you, you know what I mean? Sense. Like yep. you, the way that you taught five years ago, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, vastly different, man. You know, we've gotten better at that. Yeah. Think about if you created your first hit and they're like still playing it 60 yeah. years later. Can you imagine if your journey? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You gotta play Don't or... Stop Believing at the yeah. end of every night. For the Hopefully last they really years. believed in that message. <laughs> Can you imagine being Soldier Boy? <laughs> <laughs> did they play a Soldier Boy song at the wedding? They did. Oh, I was. Yeah. Was handling something in that moment, I was like, I gotta go. Like, yeah, they, my did, song. they did crank that soldier boy, man. 
Yeah, I was looking. I was looking for everybody out on the dance floor. Didn't Yo. see you, man. It was just me and your parents. Yeah, I was gonna say we did see Carson's parents, yeah. who can cut a rug. Oh, dude, man, they can they're, dance. They're, they're two stepping skills. Holy My cow, goodness. that was awesome. Lovely. Yeah, they're they're skilled. Um, yeah. like really skilled. Like they've taken classes and they do their thing. Yeah. You you guys held your own. I thought we did all right. Um, the, I mean, some of the some of the girls like Grizz and them were poking fun at me. They weren't poking fun at Courtney because she was well, great. Of course, but, they're gonna poke fun at you. Yeah, but they said I was a bit stiff. But I I will say I'm not the best dancer, but I don't mind like going out there and doing it. You know, that's all. That's all women want, and that's yeah. all anybody wants. Yeah. And I didn't get to hardly dance at all. Just you were you're a busy boy. Yeah, we. Um, the minute that bar shut down, it was mission, get all this stuff in the vehicles um, so that we could get back on that bus and go back to Fort Worth with the rest of the crew. Yeah. So got it done. Couldn't believe it. I was relieved when all that was over, <laughs> but it was, it was just really beautiful. I don't know how we're back on this again. It was that compelling. We were talking way. about Soldier Boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway, um, back to Kanye. Uh, he today he graciously bowed out. <laughs> yeah, so he conceded. I, I laughed and, so hard. <laughs> and then immediately after, he posted Kanye twenty twenty four. Yeah, what he said something before that, like, well, he? <laughs> he's like, well, we gave Did it a you shot. See that his tweet? No, but twenty twenty four would would have made a lot more sense. That, right, exactly. Especially after like, his you're not on support. the ballot. You're like. All right, we're gonna do write-ins, and then we're gonna start. We're gonna go on Joe Rogan a week after early voting. Now starts. it's more of like a spectacle. Like now it's more of a joke. You know who else ran, and everyone thought he was a joke the first time he ran for president. Who's that? Bernie Donald Sanders. Trump. <laughs> okay, Donald Trump. That's fair. Yeah, he ran back. Uh, was it Romney? Like he was in the the Republican primaries he, in that one. He's just feeling it out. He's no, doing a Kanye. Not on a primary ballot i think he was he was in the debates like he was he's flirt i watched there's a documentary or something where it chronicles like he's been talking about this for like 40 years like he, there's an old school clip of like oprah back when she had big hair in like the 80s was just coming out and she was like are you ever gonna run for president and he's like uh, you know i could um kind of non-committal for 30 40 years but i don't think he ever officially went on a ballot he he did flirt with 2012 though. He was yeah Hard. he was he was playing around there. He kinda, was playing around, kind of like Kanye. I mean, never say never, right? Like, I I don't know. I'm gonna uh, say never. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't see Kanye becoming president. I was being I facetious. hope not. What did Meredith text us today about that? Um, <laughs> so, something with Kim Kardashian. Oh yeah, uh, she was like. Even Kim didn't vote for him because <laughs> she'd like posted that she'd voted and she was yeah. like, she didn't even vote for him, I bet. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I mean, are they good again? Uh, apparently. That's, he, he alluded to that. Right, on the on the Joe Rogan interview. I guess where he, he referred to her about, as his wife. He tweeted about Chris and, and yeah. them. Yeah, and she's posted a couple things with him too. So I guess they're, they're on the mend. They're, they're on the up and up, I guess. I don't know. I guess she re renegotiated her deal with Satan to keep him under tow or something. She's the real, she's the real billionaire in that family. You know, yeah. I like, I'd be more comfortable with Chris being president than him just cause I'm like, well, that'd be America first. <laughs> For sure. That's true. You're doing great, sweetie. The amount of bodies in that situation though. Just a couple. She's, she's ruthless. Like she's one, you want to talk about effective. 
Mitch McConnell's got nothing on Chris. Well, I'm saying like foe meet foe, like adversary, yeah. recognize adversary. She's effective. She's cold. Like she is, she's an American success story. She's a, she's a pimp and a half when you really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> should we leave this topic or should we play screw Mary kill with the Kardashians? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> no, I'm playing. Brad, you can't play that game. No. Kill all. Uh, okay. <laughs> I had my own version of that, but uh, moving on. <laughs> back to the election. Uh, it looks like it looks like Biden might win this thing, y'all. Likely. It's looking, what it looks like. looking that way, my but friend. But I mean, and here's the thing. We were talking about deadlines, possibly Friday, whatever. This thing isn't over. No, no. Remember, no. remember Gore? Like, remember how drawn Faintly. out that was. Like, I was 11, 10. And mm-hmm. that was one battleground state that yep. was in contention versus, you know, we have a potential for three or four different, like Pennsylvania, maybe Wisconsin, Michigan. That one was 36 days until the Supreme Court decided on it. And there was a lot of like strong man, uh, like authoritative things to learn from that situation that they were referencing last night where they said that, I don't know if George Bush came out and said, thank you for voting for me. I won. Or he was more authoritative with it. Like we won. We're checking in on things. Whereas Gore was more not concessionary, but like did not, he didn't take the same platform that Bush did apparently. So my question is if Trump gets his way, uh, are are they going to, they're going to do a recount and, and count the mail-in ballots that are still coming in. Or is that a no? I think it depends when they're postmarked. Okay, because as the mail-in ballots are coming in, it looks like Biden is uh, widening that gap between them in, in certain That's states. That's widely regarded. Like mail-in ballots are going to tend to skew Democrat. Right, because yeah, Trump told them not to mail it in. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a you know, political lawyer, but if I was, you know, I, I was thinking about this. How, how does mm-hmm. this go down? What... What would you do? You try to get evidence thrown out. So you basically go through and try to find dead people that are voting. You try to find people that voted too late. You try mm-hmm. to find, honestly, you just try to find a batch of ballots that has a certain number of irregularities. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all of this they're whole all stack needs to go because it's not reliable. So like, that's really what, what I think they're going to try to do. Oh, and is you're right, January. Try to get rid of this stuff. We're not yeah, learning until very next year. Because they were still ruling on things like down in Harris County, for instance. They did uh, some drive-through polling stations. Mm-hmm. And Republicans down there said, we want to invalidate 127,000 votes that were taken via this drive-through. And it went up to the Texas Supreme Court and the Supreme Court, Supreme Court, I believe. And they did not invalidate them. Mm-hmm. But, you know... CNN is going to call this voter suppression and what would have made them invalid. So uh, what was the technical thing? Um, I don't know if they had just invalidated the concept of the drive through polling place or a lack of proper documentation mm-hmm. um, or what, what the exact thing was, but they just look for all sorts of things like that. Like with yeah. mail-in ballots, like Barack did a whole, like it's like a seven minute video of like, now you take this envelope and put mm-hmm. it in this envelope because if you're if one apostrophe is off in your name or you know it doesn't match your photo ID or 
any technicality, especially with like mail-in voting and some of this stuff. Like, I don't know. It depends on where you are is part of the bad part because Michael and I voted together and probably couldn't have been easier if we tried, you know? It was great. Just took my license and, you know, for me, we have to remember that I guess we're among privileged when you think about it, just on paper. But, um, you know, if you don't have a, who doesn't have a driver's license? A lot of people, apparently. Dude, uh, depending yeah. on the state, because whenever I was in Maryland, a lot of my D.C. friends did not, they didn't have vehicles. So a, a lot of them. So they couldn't operate a vehicle anywhere in the United States without a driver's license? Um, I guess not. But can't you bring your voter ID as well? Well, what's a voter ID? It's just a piece of paper yeah, that they mail you for of whenever you vote or whenever you register the day before you go to vote. <laughs> well, I mean, who checks their mail anymore? Uh, I do, you know, a couple times a year. You're, uh, yeah, okay. And, yeah. If Amazon didn't bring it to my door, I'm not yeah. getting it. Oh, like, yeah, I'm like always checking the door, but mailbox. never the mailbox. Yeah. Without, without Shelly and Andy checking the mailbox, like, <laughs> probably be in default at this point. Yeah, because yeah. all the bills that I'm going to get that are of any value or importance, I'm going to get digitally Online. as well. Yeah. Email or you know? through, a, through a portal, so. I'll get an iCal and, you know, reminder, like pay credit card or rent yeah. or whatever. Yep. Those are the only two. Yeah, I, I think we just have to do like we have to figure something out as far as like voter ID goes and, and all of that. Um, it, it's such an interesting topic and it's so drawn down political lines. Um, personally, I think that there probably should be some form of ID that you have to show up and vote because otherwise, like, mm-hmm. wh- what do you what's to stop somebody from going to like bringing a bunch of people from another country or going through three times or, or what have you? Well, but there's. On, tens of millions of non-citizens in the u.s at any given moment on visas you know they're illegal they are here on a trip like think about how easily we access other countries if we could just walk up to their voting poll places you know that'd be crazy right well yeah and without id think about how this election is going right now there are certain counties that we're talking like 10 20 vote difference and if you could somehow bring people in that aren't supposed to vote there and and let them vote there that could change things and so you know i if i have to have an id to drive my car um it makes sense that there would probably it it, it, they should have an id to go vote right like it would make sense for all of us to do that but as far as like to your point yeah i mean a lot of folks don't have driver's license Mm -hmm. on the east coast and so there's got to be it's it's all politically motivated, so yeah, that's a that's a really specific example in some ways. Sure. Like Republicans only want like tax paying, drivers licensed, you know, property owning, responsible people to vote. They only yeah. want people in their situation to vote. Yeah, they Democrats want the shut ins and the incels and whatever they're called you know they want everybody to come out of the basement they want they want everybody regardless of whether you've contributed a dollar into the national coffers in the last decade or not to come out and vote you know so republicans are always going to get accused of like trying to suppress these different votes and technicalities and the people that would be more likely even down to uh part of this is like do you have a a white enough name you know the way that they try to get the african-american community um, you know, with, with some of the unique spellings that might be occurring in certain situations, like they, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like they'll get you on apostrophes in those situations, like in minority communities, 
oh, uh, in the Hispanic community, well, you're Maria San Rafael uh, Garcia on this ID, but you're Maria Rafael Garcia on this one. Or if it, it's more of a um, an African-American name, for instance, they'll get you on whatever, mm -hmm. you know. You didn't have, you know, this variation of your name right. on this particular ID or on this slip of mail that you were using to prove to get a voter ID. I, I don't know. How long till we switch to some sort of like biometric identification? See, you know, you could sell that as great in this scenario, but then you have the whole like neuralink controlling your thoughts, yeah, like the government knowing yeah. where you are at all times. I'm not advocating for it. I just, you know your dna or eyeball or it's like prick me tell me if i'm american <laughs> or, or something like that like that's really the well the least uh like fraud capable uh way to identify people and if you are extremely conservative you'd be viewing that as the mark of the beast yeah i don't think you have to be conservative or okay maybe just, even not conservative. just like very privacy focused like somebody who doesn't want the government to yeah have all of that information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, like, what? What about they're this? Not, they're not putting anything in me, bro. <laughs> what? What about like your voice? Like, if you say, "Hey Siri," only my phone would turn on, right? Because it it has some form of voice recognition. So, I don't know. Maybe that's an option. I don't know, man. I've I've seen people imitate other people's voices. I don't yeah. trust it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You don't want Frank Caliendo to be <laughs> voting for everybody. He's like, do yeah. you believe in miracles? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I love impressionists. You get, you get Jay Farrow out here. Yeah, exactly. He's voting for Denzel, Eddie Murphy, the whole gang. <laughs> What's he up to nowadays? I have no idea. He faded off. He really did. We missed Brian Callen in town last weekend. He was here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember I texted you about that. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, that, that was last weekend. That's crazy. Yeah, we, I, I didn't realize that he was back on tour. Yeah, I thought, oh, yeah. I thought he got me too. We had a whole text conversation about this. Did we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I was like, we can't go because it's John's wedding weekend. And you're like, we're going anyway. Um, that was yeah. this last weekend. Okay. In Addison. Um, he's back on Patreon too. And sharing, it's really weird. Not back on Fighter and the Kid. No. He's on Patreon, sharing clips on Instagram, on tour. So... Like what he can do and what he can't do from a sponsorship perspective is very strange right now. Fighter and the Kid is like rebranding as Fighter and the Kids. They have a whole new theme song now. Um, I haven't watched it since all this went down, basically. Yeah. yeah, as of like a week or two ago, they even have a new theme song. Brad got real religious with that show. I I enjoy it. There, there are certain podcasts, and this is not like a slight to them because I do enjoy it, but like I put certain ones on uh, whenever I go to bed just something to listen to or, you totally. know, as I'm falling asleep. Um, so it's like no slight to them that I want to fall asleep to it or anything. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was one of the shows that I would always put on cause I, I enjoyed the conversations and, and now it's uh, not what the it was. Ultimate goof around gang. Like I've never laughed harder ever than during their podcasts with guests, yeah. you know, like when they bring Joe Coy on back in the day, I hate to say it, but, Chris D'Elia was my favorite. Like when he was a guest on that show, mm -hmm. full of dense, like that stuff cracked me up. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great podcast. I mean, it's a, uh, I kind of like when I'm listening to podcasts, I kind of keep them in different categories. Um, like that would be more entertainment focused rather than informational. 
Um, and so I'd actually listen to that one like one and a half times speed. Um, nice. not, a, not a slight to them, just right. entertainment category podcast, get that. And uh, yeah, it's just those guys just would crack me up. I'd have to like go back, slow it down, <laughs> and, like actually listen to some of those jokes, especially with the guests. Yeah. The guests were, were always uh, just top notch, like hilarious. Well, and some of them, like you have to watch the video. Like I think I've sent one yeah. to you before with Joe yeah. Coy where I'm like, you have to watch the video because – I mean, it, it's like just gold. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Where's my camera? <laughs> he was always asking that. And he, he put on like a three-hour special, it felt like. Joe Coy is one of the biggest stand-up comics working today. Yeah. Sells out arenas routinely back when we could. Like he cleans up. And he cleans up among Pacific Islanders and Filipinos and white – like everybody. But – he brings in that Asian community as well. And man, if you can serve these like underserved markets in this country, it's insane. Yeah. Plus, you can go anywhere in the world, you know? He's making hand over fist money. Yeah. One of the top paid Sebastian Maniscalco, too, who I wouldn't necessarily pay to see at all. He's the Italian? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These niche people that like, hey, I'm I'm the Chicago guy. I'm, right. I'm Italian. Yeah, they know? get those pockets, but then if they get mainstream on top of that, crazy. It's not the most funny people to me. Like Jim Gaffigan wouldn't probably pay to go see too much. <laughs> no. Um, Sebastian, I wouldn't pay to see. Joe Coy, maybe. Arenas aren't my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my people would be like, obviously, Dave. Dave yeah. can sell out arenas, and I want to go see him. Only time I've ever seen him was at House of Blues. With John. That's a great venue for that. It was mm-hmm. terrible because it was standing room only. Oh. It's the only comedy show I've ever yeah, watched point. standing. Yeah. And it was so uncomfortable because this was back when he was still underground, mm-hmm. you know? This was like 2011, 2012. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is like and saying you, it's like a good venue because it's so it's smaller compared to some of the places that he would sell out. If they just put in seats, perfect venue. The Actually, the perfect venue I went with you to John Mulaney at Majestic. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you been to Majestic Theater? Not for a comedy show. It was the best. Great. Yeah, it's a great theater. Verizon's pretty good too. Uh, is like that Grand Prairie? Yeah, it's in Grand Prairie. It's just kind of out of the way. I've but... only seen T.I. there <laughs> <laughs> with Jake way back in the day. <laughs> Has a great new album out, by the way. Oh, yeah? Is it yeah. good? It was, it was actually like really good. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. He's getting old. He is. He's up there. Old enough to start saying some crazy things, and then yeah, you I gotta feel like walk he's been back. More political, yeah. and saw him on a panel with Candace Owens, yeah. and Mike Killer Mike, and people the other day, yeah. and he was pretty mad at Candace. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, I get mad at her too sometimes. <laughs> so have they called the election yet? No, we're. It depends. Two fifty three is the number on CNN, but if you go to fox and others it's 264 for biden so i feel like it i feel like for all practical intense purposes this might be over round one then then we'll start getting into all the legal shenanigans yeah and the delays there i don't feel like trump is gonna handle this with all the graciousness in the world over the next couple weeks like i wish that i we could just go ahead and have all of america block him on twitter for just the next three weeks because even if you're a supporter of his, I don't think you want to see the tweets that are going to come out of that account <laughs> in the next couple of days. Crazy. Yeah, and I think I, Twitter might be his demise, um, honestly, because he 
try to campaign with the same tactics that got him to be the president. But once you are the president, you're in the you know position of advantage. You know you should be behaving in, in a certain way. And and I'm not saying you shouldn't be on Twitter at all. I like the idea that the American president is communicating with the American people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of frustrating. Like he'll just go off like in the middle of the night on something. And it's like, <laughs> just think about it for 10 seconds <laughs> well, uh, before you post his tweet. Stop and breathe, Donnie. Yeah. It's not something that happens there. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's so like reactive. you could uh, take out his name and Kanye's name and like have a game of, you know, guess the tweet. But um, y'all should do that game. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. might have to put that together. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I love the whole like there's a Trump tweet for everything where, mm-hmm. you know, he, there's a moment to, you know, go against whatever he's doing right. in that. Existing <laughs> and it's moment. his own words. Yeah. 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 Always at Obama. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, uh, the first lady um, had had made that video of, you know, people are saying that uh, he denounces gay rights, but he was the first president to accept it. And then all the, uh, it's just like a bunch of clips. I do not support gay rights. That's that's what was trending uh, yesterday or the day before for Trump. Yeah. Oh, he's actually um, say what you will. He's the first one to put like an openly homosexual ambassador to a major ally and partner country, Germany. Um, Rick, somebody I can't remember his name, but he's been on Fox News prior. Uh, you know, Jared and Ivanka are partial to this as well. Like they're they're supremacists, but not for the things that you think they are, you know, like they don't want to hold down people of color or gay people or anybody like that. They just want to hold down ugly poor people <laughs> like anybody that's not, you know, moving and shaking part of their social circle. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. they're elitist in a way. They're not white supremacists. They're wealth supremacists. Yeah, they like That's people fair. they need or can use. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Can't I mean, argue that one. As long as you know who those people are going into it, you can have effective relationships with them. <laughs> you know, like we all have people that serve different functions, and sometimes it's an agreement that you both kind of know about to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. It's just kind of the it's still this weird illusion that we have um, as the American people that our politicians are somehow different than us. And, and they are um, to, to an extent of like the amount of power they have, but they're, they're still people like they still have a lot of the same motivations that they had before they got into office. They still have a lot of the same motivations that, you know, other people at that level of status, wealth and power have. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's weird how, um, you know, we do want to hold them to a higher standard because they, you know, effectively work for us. But um, I remember I that know. concept. Yeah, I don't I don't know that that's well, true Trump's anymore. a volunteer. Trump's a volunteer. He doesn't take a check. So <laughs> he gives it back to the national parks or whatever. Hmm. Can we just comment real quick? Like, so I don't know what time it is, but here on Wednesday night, um, Breaking news, we're expecting new vote totals in Arizona and Georgia tonight. Um, but can we comment on these outstanding races? They're like separated by literally less than 100,000 votes out right. of like a 2.7 million vote total, like split down the middle. Popular vote, Biden leads by like a point and a half. Like we are so 
divided down the middle in terms of the way that we think we should handle things. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that on, on the way over here. Um, I know we're not going to talk about voting and how like how everyone's voted in this room in particular, but I mean, I'll I'll, I'll say like guess. I I don't I don't I don't like either either major party for the most part because I think they've kind of just taken over, um, you know, and, and they they kind of block out other viewpoints. But that's the thing. Like I I thought about like how how all of these you know states are so so close. And a matter of like, look at it. I mean, we are 50-50. Like the nation is 50-50. So chances are, you know, someone that voted for Trump, you know, someone <laughs> that voted for Biden. And yet we, Heck yeah. like the media is pushing us towards this like polarized narrative where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I can't be friends that have other thoughts. I, I can't be friends with, you know, people who believe differently than me. Yeah. And it, it's a really weird situation to be in. And, and I, I think at the end of all of this, we just have to remember like, we're all still American we're all still here. It's going to work well, out. And we're all still humans. Like we all still poop and put our pants on one leg at a time. And, yeah. you know, the three of us took hours out of our cumulative days in the prime of our life to go pull a lever and cancel all of each other out. <laughs> like this entire room is basically canceled everyone else out. And then we're like, we did it. Look at our pen. Yay. Yeah. Pose. Like how stupid are we? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I get the. I get that it's democracy, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying like from a humanity perspective, like we're so dumb, yeah. you know, like this it, is still just like influence and herd mentality. And mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy to watch them flip votes. You know, after all the bull crap from the last four years, all the tweets, all the BLM stuff, Charlottesville, economic, you know, inequality, whatever your thing is, one state flipped. One state, yep. at the end of the day, four years later, all the same people said, send them back. And all the same people that said, don't send them there, did the same thing again. What, here's the one th silver lining playbook here. Voter turnout like a mug. Like Most votes ever. 140 million people or something already. Like Hillary and Trump was 63 to 61 million. Yeah. And it's already like... 72 million to 70 million or something crazy for the overall popular vote. Yep. So like another 12 to 20 million Americans in the electorate. sounds like they showed up. I'd be interested to know who those folks are. <laughs> yeah. Like they're not our it, best and our brightest. <laughs> is, it, is it young voters? Is it, you know, older voters who are, who are concerned dead voters, dead voters, like who it, you know, I, I'd just be very interested to know kind of, compare this to other elections right. what are the demographics that we're seeing and yeah. and just kind of kind of think about like what does that say for the future yeah. like if if biden gets this and we continue to have young voters that go blue like are we done having republican presidents at this point like it's it's kind of an interesting turning point because we have generations now that are bigger than the ones that came before and depending on which way these parties can or the, the, the groups that these parties can like grab and, and get, get influence on. Who knows what the future holds on that? That's valid. <laughs> I mean, I, I would hope that we would get ranked ballot voting and a third party at a minimum. You yes. know, like, you know, I love the sound of that. I mean, that's, that's ranked ballot voting would really help in a lot of different ways. You know, it really would. And 
we could have more capable adept people really express their real views and your vote would actually matter in a more real way a more you know pragmatic real practical implementation type manner so this worse of two extremes you know yeah i don't know that you got to think that there were a lot of democratic a lot of democratic voters this last go round that just honestly and bless their heart they just thought hillary has this on lock because that's what we all thought you know trump's not going to be hillary and uh then he did so they definitely showed up this time yeah but trump also has another like 10 million votes that than he did the last time so yeah i know people that voted right in last time that voted trump this time and i know people that probably flipped their vote from trump to biden and vice versa mm -hmm. it's kind of all over the map i'll be really anxious to track i've told a couple of friends this and they swore at me they were not happy with me when i told them this but i said i do think that at least among males trump carries more of the black and latino vote than he did in 2016. I think he gains in those demographics this election. I think it's possible. Uh, yeah. He may lose, but I, I still want to see those breakdowns come back. Yeah, and I'd be interested to see how those are spread across the geography of the country. Is it just on the East Coast or um, in the South or like where where are all these different voters? The thing about like, the, from? the Republican Trump vote is that Democrats, where, where there's a few Democrats, there's a bunch, there's millions of them. They're in Harris County and Dallas County and Austin County, mm -hmm. but Republicans are everywhere. Yeah. You know, like they're going to carry all of your rural they're counties, yep. but even, you know, a, a third of the vote cast at the AAC was for Trump, you know, even among us. So they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. If you actually look at the, take away the state lines, the county lines, and just look at the red and blue map. It looks like an overwhelming Republican victory every single time. It's just not. There's a lot of this country with not a lot of people in it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of open spaces. Yeah. Could bring for. Oh, I watched a Borat the over the weekend. One? Me too. For make more perfect use of Kazakhstan. What was the What was the long title? Too much. I don't remember. So yeah. funny. I, I, I Courtney had not seen the first one, and so I showed that one to her a week or two ago and so i'll be watching this one soon very nice was it true that it was 14 or 15 years ago that the first one came out um it's probably around 2008 oh my goodness that was oh wow oh well. when he said my first journey was 15 years ago i was like no it oh, wasn't sorry, 2006 oh geez it was 15 years ago yeah. Holy crap, dude, we're getting old. We all need therapy because we got a pass behind <laughs> us. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Holy crap. All right, so Borat 2. Funny. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Mixed bag. Yeah. Not I'm, funny. I'm, I'm kind of mixed on it. Like it has it has its funny bits, but it's kind of like any movie that you're doing 15 years later as a sequel, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think they had some good gags on some pretty high profile people, but yeah. Um, you know, this one's definitely a lot more like politically focused. Um, yeah, I don't know. Gotcha. The, he's the only person that can say the type of shock jock 15 years ago humor uh, that was present. Like, that's mm -hmm. the only mechanism that we could see that type of humor be conveyed in this yeah. day and age. Like, nobody else could get away with that. Yeah. Takes, a, Cause there's, takes a certain level of satire. 
and you got to respect the the balls on some of these stars like this year borat sasha baron cohen bill burr's opening monologue to snl mm -hmm. hero status like he's lauded among the comedians this year for that yeah like the I don't know if you've watched Burt cast or any of those, but he's on several podcasts now on like all things comedy. And even Burt was telling him like, dude, we all like quake in our boots and respect the heck out of you yeah. for not losing any, for adding more edge to that SNL mainstream, like masked up audience. Like when he said, you watch this, right? Mm -hmm. When he said like, I I'm also fine with the people that don't wear masks, you know, kill your families. <laughs> like, I was like, he did it. Like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, Gold. Because he's been on that, uh, you know, sink and cruise ships, you know, population control bit for years. And I love that one. Mm -hmm. I love that stuff. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It takes a special kind of comedian to stand your ground, but also be able to tell those jokes in a critically acclaimed way where both sides can, you know, Take fun in it or you know get something out of it i think it's also partly about like just being consistent yeah like, it's like you're that oh, guy you expect that from him you're gonna say the most ridiculous things yeah. it's when you switch over try to be woke and then go back yeah. to saying the ridiculous stuff that people will start to get offended part of it's just goat status like when you're a dave or a bill or somebody like that like who gives a a hoot like you're you're made they know what they bought and they paid for when you're still at a lower level and you have a clean set for the corporate gig and you can change who you are, you're still more fungible, you know, like you're just not to that iconic status yet. Cause Dave has really gone out on a lot of limbs over the last several years with these latest couple specials and said stuff that, yeah. you know, a lot of basically nobody, but bill might say, and Dave says even more. And part of that is cause he can get, he can say more as a black comedian than bill can say, as a white comedian yeah. for certain jokes, but the way that bill can harness how terrible white men have been historically mm -hmm. and make light of that is nobody else is doing that. Yeah. You know, nobody else can do that bit. Yeah. I'd rec I'd recommend watching. Uh, I don't know if you have, but David Letterman's my next guest with we, Chappelle. Yeah. I watched it this yeah. week. Did you like it? Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty good. The fact that they went out to Ohio and shot it on location yeah. I did not know all that stuff about Ohio. Oh yeah. Like it was always a neutral slave state. There was big abolitionist stuff. Like all the houses in that community have like secret passageways. And that little community that he lives in has such a legacy of like the, those uh, festivals where yeah. they would bring in people and um, crazy. Right. Yeah. But great episode. If you haven't checked it out, uh, recommended by me and shout out to Dave for, you know, he asked him some of the hard questions mm -hmm. like and pressed three times on. He basically asked, what was the interpersonal scenario that resulted in you storming off of Chappelle show? Yeah. And pressed him on it like three times. And Dave basically shared that it was like it was it sounded like a racist moment. Maybe. Yeah. Between between that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it did. It, it was a racist moment. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it was whenever. Cause you know, he did like satirical stuff and handled racial topics, but he started getting laughs, but for like the for the wrong reasons because they found it funny, but they weren't like in on the joke that it was not okay to be doing that, you know? And he's like, once that started, um, made it a lot more difficult.
think he felt disrespected or lopped in with a demographic that maybe he was portraying and clearly not a part of or something. Because yeah. that's the funniest part about him is when he's like, you know, I just got this white people money. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm I need to vote my interests now. Uh-huh. I'm showing up in a Porsche. Like yeah. that that's funny. Mm-hmm. All those uh African American celebs that came out over the last couple of weeks, like Lil Pump. Well, he's not African American, but well, um, Lil Pump, Ice Cube, Fifty Cent, mm-hmm. all around the tax stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what's it with Lil Pump coming out for him? Um, I guess he's in that bracket now where he doesn't want to get taxed. But he's also affiliated with Kanye. Yeah, oh, a little bit. I mean, they had that song. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how attached they are other than that it, it seemed like a, a correlation point and they were both vocal trump supporters out of a sea oh, of rappers I get, I get what you're saying. so that was the correlation i was trying to make and failed to do my mistake i was thinking more of kanye running for president so i forgot that he even did the whole trump bit <laughs> well yeah yeah famously yeah no you're right that was around the mental breakdown time that was right before tmz that he was in the oval office with yep. the maga hat on i'm with you now that was a good that was a good point Right on. I concede. Are we about to concede in episode 55? <laughs> yeah. One for the books. Yes, sir. You got any party messages for the tots in this trying time of recounts and COVID? And... Um, you're going to live to see another day. And if your candidate doesn't win, let's all try to uh, get behind two better candidates next year uh people that we can be proud of and uh keep fighting the good fight on your day-to-day um hopefully uh, regardless of who wins the election um your localized life and the things that you do are not affected too much and that you can keep grinding and and doing everything that you're setting out to do beautiful brand thanks man michael yeah, it was really nice. Parting yeah. words for the, the tots. Any charge for the, the voting electorate? Yeah. Let's pick better candidates next time. I agree Amen. with Brad. Like, let's not do this a third time in a row. Let's start looking at third parties. Let's start, you know, actually looking for people who agree with you and not just because they are one side or the other. Like, start looking at the issues. But yeah, I, I also want to say the same thing Brad did is like, let's just get through this. Like, let's accept whatever the result is. Like once all the legal and all of that is done, like let's have a peaceful transition of power, respect each other. Remember that, you know, half the country voted one way and half the country voted the other way, but we all live here together. So, you know, keep your head up and, and be kind to each other. Yeah. Make that money, but, uh, stay under 400,000, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the key point. We all live here. Like the, if you're listening to this show and you're in America, you know, we're, we're listened to in 20 countries now, but mm. if you're in America, one of our 20 countries, um, and you voted and you're going to get butthurt in the next couple of days, I got a memo for you. You're still American. Like right. go watch some TL, go watch some 90 day fiance and then come back and tell me it ain't great to be American. <laughs> there are people clawing their way, sleeping with the nastiest people in America just to be able to stay in a one, you know, a 40 second high rise, like walk up in freaking Wisconsin or somewhere like, you know, they're making real sack. I've watched women leave lives of luxury 
in Indonesia to come to America to squalor. And they're like, oh, this is the best. I'll marry him. He's got eight teeth left. So you're still American. It's still the greatest country in the world. Watch Narcos. Tell me that you want, tell me that our police are bad after you watch Narcos, you know, <laughs> go to Mexico, travel the world and come back. And it's still the greatest flawed country ever. Yeah. We've got a lot to work on. We're still very blessed. We did it again, Tots. That's another one. Thank you, Michael, for coming by. Yeah. Thank you guys fun. for having me. Love having you, man. Yeah, it was fun. We appreciate you. We'll just um, throw it into the old garage band and <laughs> take the little white out on our boo-boo. <laughs> oh, Otherwise, it. you did real good, buddy. <laughs> I got it out early. Yeah. So. All righty. Take right. it away, David. We'll catch you up next week.